already a week in. We're already seven days in, but everybody's excited to kind of get in the in the group. Hopefully you didn't make some New Year's resolutions and by now they're already gone. You've already broken half of them. Uh, but we're excited that you're here today. And I want to say welcome to those of you that are watching online. If maybe you couldn't get here today or you're watching uh, from the road or watching this at a later time, we're glad that you've tuned in and joined us today. And I'm excited to kick off this year with our annual Vision Weekend. We, uh, we have been a church for about 15 months, and last year we began a thing that we are going to do every year called Vision Weekend, where we take the first Sunday of the new year, and we talk about what God is speaking to our church, and what God is speaking over you, and what God is speaking over me, and so that's where we're going today, and I'm excited to kick it off with that, and I want to kind of take a look back for just a few moments, before we start talking about 2018 and what God is speaking, I want to just update you. Some of you are, are new to the church. Some of you have been here since day one, but no matter where you fall into, uh, I want to update you on some things that we were able to do and to accomplish with you guys being a part of Impact Church over this last year. So this is not something that, this is something that the church did, but you know how we're always saying that we don't give to the church, we give through the church. These are things that, that the church has been able to do because of your generosity, because of your willingness to serve, because of your servant leadership, and all of those things. And so I want to give you some numbers and some details really quick. And here's the first one. As many of you know, we, we love to give back to our community through serving. Uh, that's a big thing that we do. We give back to the community through serving. We have two opportunities every month, and we encourage everybody to pick one of those opportunities and serve in the community outside of these four walls to be a blessing and make an impact in the community. But we were also able this last year as a church to bless a couple of organizations locally uh, financially. And so we were able to give away, I think we have it, uh, we were able to give away $13,187 to, uh, that's going to be given away to two organizations. Here, here's, what, here's what we believe. Why, why should we reinvent the wheel when there are certain people that are already doing things well in the community? So there are already there's already organizations all throughout our community that are doing a good job, that are doing things well, that are reaching people, that are blessing people. And so we thought, you know what, what better way than to just bless the community, than to just bless a couple, a couple of organizations a year and just be able to bless them financially, not only with serving throughout the year, but to just bless them financially so that they can further what they're doing in our community. Amen? So we, we were able to give away uh, some, some resources to uh, transitional housing here in our community. So those that uh, have, have been in prison and they're coming out of prison and they, you know, a lot of times they have a hard time finding a job, getting on their feet and all those. And so we have, we have been able to fund an organization that takes those people and, and helps them get back on their feet so that they can get back and make a difference in our community. They can get back, get to work, and all those things. And so we were able to give to that. And also there's an organization in our community called Young Life. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. But uh, they, they are really teenager-based, but they're doing a great thing. If you, haven't, if you haven't looked up, I encourage you to go online and look up Young Life. I think it's Lamar County. Young Life is the one locally here. And just Google it and see what they're doing. They have camps throughout the year. Uh, in the summer for, for, for students, they they're, have weekly gatherings where they're bringing these students. They're making an impact in students' lives is what they're doing. They're, they're making an impact for the kingdom. And so we thought, what better way than to just, to just give them some resource so that they can do a better job at what they're doing, so that they can get a jump start on 2018 and what they're doing. Here's another thing. Our church, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Uh, we're a part of a network of churches known as the Association of Related Churches, or ARC for short, A-R-C. And through this, this is the organization that we planted the church through, uh, and we're, there's about 650 ARC churches across the U.S. that we're in network with. Uh, and we know, my wife and I, we know quite a few of the pastors, and there's some in Dallas area and Rockwall and different areas around here as well. Uh, but through this organization called ARC, we were able last year to give $8,861 to help plant new life-giving churches, just like the one you're sitting in. Come on, y'all don't seem too excited. <laughs> just like the church that you're sitting in that is speaking life into people and encouraging people and being a blessing in their community, we were able to give over $8,800 away to help plant new churches in our country. And so I think that's pretty cool. That's encouraging to me. 
Also, for those of you that were attending the church back in July, we had our first uh, annual citywide serve day where we had about 30 to 40 people show up right out here in the parking lot. And we went out and we teamed up with Habitat for Humanity and we helped them paint a house that a family was going to move into. We had one team that went around and just mowed yards for people for free just to be a blessing. Uh, we were able to do some work around the New Hope Center. Uh, we were working at the Pregnancy Center, organizing, restocking, doing things like that. And so for one day, we joined together in multiple locations across our city. And we made an impact in these organizations' lives and in people's lives. And just to be, just to be a blessing to people. Come on, sometimes people just need to know... Sometimes people just need to know that they're loved before anything else can happen. And I believe that's the number one thing that we're called to do is just love people. Jesus loved people no matter what they look like, no matter where they came from, no matter where they've been at, no matter what their past is, no matter where they're going, no matter what they believe. Come on, I said no matter what they believe, that we're called to just love people. And so that's what that's all about. And we have another one coming up this July, and so I know we're looking forward to being a part of that again. Just some other things really quickly. We saw 35 people this last year give their life to Christ for the first time. That's, that's pretty incredible. Uh, we were able to baptize eight people this last year. We saw, we saw the church, Impact Church, grow by 20% over the last year, and so that's a pretty cool thing. And we now have about 50, I think it may be a little over 50 now, but it's right around 50 people serving on a, our serve team, serving on a team. I'm talking about host team, cafe, iKids, outreach, uh, I'm trying to think of what all they are, you know. We have over, around 50 people right now serving on a team somewhere. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty cool number that through the first year, 15 months of our church, through 2017, we have about 50 people, 50 of you that are, that are giving of your time, giving of your energy, serving once a month somewhere. Some of you are serving on multiple teams. You're serving twice a month, once on this team and once on another team. But we thank you for what you do to serve and your servant leadership here at the church because that's what makes what we do possible. The people that are willing to give of their time and energy, and oh, I don't want to forget set up and tear down. <laughs> Everybody on set up and tear down said... <laughs> said amen the people that get here three hours before other people get here to serve and set up everything in this building and on that side and uh everything that's in storage and then tearing it down after we're finished and everybody's gone uh we want to give a huge shout out to those those teams we have three of those teams and people that that give of their time and energy uh every three weeks to be able to do that and so yeah we can we can give them a <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> and so for 2017, um, our our word that God was speaking to us, and it's actually two words, so it's kind of, you know, but it's a word from God, so we'll go with that, was that we were taking ground. Now, I don't know how many of you can look back, and I was talking with, I was talking with Guy this last week or a couple of weeks ago, and he was sharing, you know, something that God had been speaking to him about how when God speaks a word and speaks something to you, it doesn't end. That word didn't end on December 31st, 2017. <laughs> so it's not like, well, we're in 2018. We're not going to take any more ground. We're not going <laughs> to do anything else for Jesus. We're not going to, you know, our, our, our family is not going to get any closer. We're not, we're not going to get any, any better situation financially. That's not the case. We're still taking ground. But I think it's interesting how God is, is speaking something new to our church, and Amanda and I have been praying for a few months about what God wanted to wanted us to, to share with you for 2018. So what is, what is the thing that God is wanting to say over your life and my life and over our church as a whole in 2018? And so we've been praying for it and allowing God to speak to us, and here's what I believe God gave us for 2018. So I need you to look at the person next to you. Come on, you're going to participate today. I need you to look at the person next to you, and I need you to tell them, say, this year, in 2018, I'm going to overflow. Come on, you need to tell them, <laughs> you need to tell them again, because I don't think you got it just yet. 
You're too busy listening to me and wondering what I was going to say that you needed to say. So come on, look at, look at the person that was your second choice that you didn't want to look at the first time. And tell them, say, this year, in 2018, I'm going to overflow. Overflow. And so we're going to be in a series through the month of January called Overflow. And this is what God, and you're going you're gonna to get where we're going here in just a minute, and I believe it's going to encourage you, and it's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge you, but I believe God is wanting to do something bigger and better in 2018 that he did, than he did in 2017 through you and in you and through this church. And so we're going to talk about for the next four weeks this subject of overflow. And today in part one for Vision Weekend, kind of the introduction to this whole thing, I want to talk to you on this subject. Receiving what's yours. Receiving what's yours. If you want to write this down, uh, I believe this can be an encouragement to you and it's something that you can hang on to. If you don't want to write this down, I encourage you to write this down because this could be an encouragement to you. It's going to challenge you today, but it's going to be good. Amen? Receiving what's yours. Now, have you ever been, I was thinking I was thinking about some instances in my life, and I thought, well, I'll just ask these questions because we're all kind of the same, right? We're all human. <laughs> have you ever been filling up a cup? Have you ever been at the faucet or at the refrigerator, if you have the refrigerator that has the filtered water, and you've been filling up a cup, and maybe you have kids, or maybe you're married, or something happened and it distracted you, and you're filling up a cup, and you look over at somebody else or something else, and when you turn back around, all of the water is overflowing out of the cup that you were trying to fill up. You ever been there? And now you've got it, if you're like us, we get it out of the refrigerator door. And so if you're like us, you got water all over the floor. You've got, you know, if the kids are trying to get ice, there's ice all over the floor. But you're sitting there and, and you're, you're trying to accomplish something. You're trying to accomplish something to fill this cup. And when you turn back around because of a distraction, now the cup is overflowing with water. It's overflowing. Maybe the cup was in the sink and the water was overflowing onto everything else that was sitting in the sink. You're trying to fill it up at the faucet and you've got all the dishes that you need to do but you haven't done yet and they're in the sink and you turn around and now the water's overflowing out of the cup onto everything else that's sitting in the sink. Come on, are you with me so far? I want you to get this visual in your mind today of a cup that's being filled up and the water that is filling the cup is also spilling out onto everything else that is around it because I believe this is the picture of this word overflow that we're talking about today. In fact, here's the definition of the word overflow in case you're curious as we jump into this today. Overflow means to flow over the brim of a receptacle. To flow over, you think overflow, to flow over, okay, whoever, you know, dictionary people are so smart. To flow over the brim of a receptacle. But when I read this definition, I thought, well, the only way that you can really get this is you've got to know what a receptacle means, right? If it's something that is flowing over the brim of a receptacle, we need to know what a receptacle is so that we can know what, what this looks like and get a full picture. And so here's the definition of the word receptacle. A space used to contain something, a container or a holder. So to overflow means that there is something that is flowing over the brim of a container or a holder. It means that God is wanting to entrust you with so much blessing and so much favor and so much provision and so much vision that it flows over onto everyone and everything else that is around you. So I'm just curious today. Do we have anybody at church today? who wants to be a receptacle that God can pour something into that will overflow onto everything and everybody else around you? Do we have anybody at church today who wants to be a receptacle or a holder or a container for what God wants to pour into your life so that it spills out on everybody? You just walk into the room and it overflows on everybody else around you. That's what we're talking about today. 
being a container or being a holder, being the receptacle. But here's what's interesting about what God spoke to me about this word overflow. The way that this works for you and for me is that when God blesses us, it does not just overflow onto other people just by happenstance. When God pours something into your life, it doesn't flow to everybody else just because you think it ought to. Or just because you, 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 you said a prayer, God, I want to overflow in 2018. And then God begins to pour things into your life. It doesn't just flow out onto everybody. See, the way this works in our lives, it doesn't just automatically, like when you fill up a cup, it'll just automatically overflow if it just keeps pouring out. But when it comes to our lives, we have to be intentional. If you want to be somebody and we want to be a church that overflows, we have to be intentional. So when God is pouring things out onto our lives and into us and doing things in us because he wants to do something through us, we have to be intentional to let it overflow onto everybody else around us. When God gives you an abundance of something, a lot of times it's so you can also use it to bless others around you. Come on, God gives you more than enough financial provision, so you give some away. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> God gives you enough financial provision so that the way overflow works is God wants to give you enough so that you can give some to somebody else. He wants to give you enough financial provision so that you can give some to somebody else and overflow in their life. God gives you fresh vision, and so you begin to share it with other people so that it can be accomplished. It overflows on other people. God gives you more than enough blessings so that you can share it with those he has placed in your life. So that you can share it with those placed in your life. And here's one of our values at Impact Church, and maybe you've read this on our website, maybe you've heard us say this before, maybe you haven't. But one of our values as a church is that we want to be contributors, not just consumers. Do I need to read that again? <laughs> we, are, we are called to be contributors, not just consumers. And the way that overflow works is you got to be a contributor. You can't just be a consumer. You can't just consume everything because when we're under the assumption that all of God's blessings are for my consumption... No one else can receive what God wants to give them through me. When I'm under the assumption that everything that I receive is for me to consume, when I assume that everything is for me to consume, nobody else gets blessed through me. God can't use me to bless somebody else. God can't use me to overflow into somebody else's life because I'm under the assumption that everything that I get is for my consumption. Well, God, you must be blessing me so that I can buy something new. Well, God, you must be giving me, oh, man, I, got a, I just got a bonus, so I must be able to, well, now we can go buy this. Well, now we can go to the store and get this. Well, now we can do this. And we, a lot of times we never stop to think about the reason why or to pray about the reason why that God might have just given us more than we actually needed. Too many times we assume that, well, God just gave me more than enough, so I'm going to consume it. Knew this, knew that, knew this. Well, we were needing to knew this. Well, we needed a new TV. We got the 55-inch. We need the 60-inch. Come on. So we needed, you know, God, we got the bonus, and so we're going to go. That's what, oh, thank you, Jesus. I've been praying for the new TV. I've been praying for the new couch. I've been praying for the new bed. I've been praying for all this stuff, and I got a bonus. And so it's time for me to go spend my money because it's all for my consumption. When I would be willing to bet that if you were to ask God, why did you give me more than enough? It's probably so that you can overflow onto somebody else. Not so that you can go buy more stuff, but probably so that you can give some away or you can allow. You see, if you don't, if you don't have more than enough, even though you want to give some away, you can't. Because all your money's tied up. So when God gives you more than enough, more than enough vision, more than enough provision, more than enough in whatever you fill in the blank, you need to ask him, God, you gave this to me, so what, is, what are you wanting me to use it for? Instead of just assuming that I get to consume it, 
God, what do you want me to use the extra that you've given me for? When I have the mentality of a contributor, I'm always looking for ways to use what God has given me to bless someone else. I'm always looking to overflow. And my prayer is, God, fill me up to overflowing so that I can spill out onto other people. When you, when you make the shift from consumer to contributor, you begin seeing things differently. You get a different perspective on the extra. You get a different perspective on the blessing. You get a different perspective on all that. We could even say it this way. You can write this down. I believe that maturity is moving from consuming to contributing. Maturity is you and I moving from consuming everything to beginning to contribute and overflow and blessing other people in our lives, giving some away, moving from consuming to contributing. In fact, here's what Paul said in the book of Acts in chapter 20. We're going to read about four verses here, starting in verse 32. It says, Now I commit you to God's care. I commit you to the word of his grace. It can build you up. Then you will share in what God plans to give all his people. I haven't longed for anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that I have used my own hands to meet my needs. I have also met the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that we must work hard and help the weak. We must remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, this is what I want you to get, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. See, here's what Paul says to the people that he was talking to in those days and to us today. It's better to be a contributor than a consumer. The blessing is in contributing, not consuming. It's more blessed to give than receive, and God desires to give you everything you need and everything you need to bless those around you. We could even say it this way, talking about what we were just, were just talking about, that Paul is saying that the overflow is better than what's in the cup. The overflow is better than what's in the cup. See, some of us, we just want the cup to be full. I just need enough. I just need enough. I just need enough. I just need enough. The problem with that mentality is we're not thinking about anybody else. It's more blessed to give than to receive. What, what, what part of the cup is giving? The overflowing part. Paul says it's more blessed to be overflowing. The overflow that's coming out of the cup is more important than what's in the cup that you get to consume because God wants to use what he's giving you to bless those around you. The overflow is better than what's in the cup. And God desires to fill you and fill your family to overflowing. He desires to fill our church to overflowing. And so I want to talk about this question for just a few moments. How do we receive it? How do we get it? How do we receive what God wants to give us, what God desires to give us? Because he's already said that he wants to give us good things. He wants to bless us. He wants us to have favor. He wants us to have all that stuff. So how do we, how do we receive it? And I got three things for you today, and they all start with the letter P to try to help you out and help you remember. They all start with the letter P, and here's the first one. How do we receive it? You got to prepare. Before you can receive something, you have to prepare to receive it. You ever, you ever received something that you weren't prepared for? <laughs> you ever gotten something that you weren't ready for? A few of us have. You ever gotten the, the, the letter of eviction <laughs> that you weren't prepared for? You ever gotten the doctor bill that you didn't know was coming? And you weren't prepared. I wasn't prepared for that. I had my, you know, if you do a budget, I have my money all budgeted out now. And now we got this $13,000 or whatever it is. I don't know for like, you know, you go in there and walk in the door. It's $13,000. I don't know. We got this bill in the mail that I wasn't prepared for. See, if I'd have been prepared and I'd have known that it was coming, I could have maybe set some money aside or I'd have known that we need to budget for that so we can start making payments on that. But I wasn't prepared to get that. I wasn't prepared for the bad news. 
See, if I'd have been prepared for the bad news, I could have been ready for it. I was anticipating that it was coming. I knew it was about to come, and so I'm prepared for it. It doesn't hit me as hard. You ever been, you ever received a baby and not been prepared? I would venture, I would venture to say that even if you are, you think you're prepared, you're not prepared. <laughs> when that child comes, boy, if I'd have known, I'd have been prepared. <laughs> if I'd have known everything that came with this, I'd have been a little better prepared. We like to prepare for things, don't we? <laughs> we like to prepare for things. It's true of all of us. We want to be prepared ahead of time to handle things that come our way in life. But here's what's interesting. Why is it that for everything in our life, we want to be prepared for it? Well, if I'd have been prepared, I'd have, well, man, I'd have, if I'd have been prepared, I'd have known it was coming. I could have done what I needed to do with it. I'd been, but when it comes to God, we want God to give us things that we're not prepared for. We want to be prepared for everything except for what God wants to give us. I want to be prepared before I get anything in the mail, before I make any financial decision, before I do anything. But when it comes to the things of God, God, just pour it out on me. Just give me all. You, I need all the money. Just give me all the money. Give me the new car. Give me the new house. Give me the new everything. Give me all this stuff. And we're asking God to give us things that we're not prepared to receive. And so when we get it, it's not a blessing. It's a curse. And a lot of times there's some of us that have been praying for things that we haven't gotten because we're not prepared to receive them, and God knows if he gave it to you, you wouldn't handle it right. If, if God gave it to you, you wouldn't be ready for it. If God made it happen now, you're not prepared. And so God, you're not waiting on God God's waiting on you to get prepared. We want to prepare for everything except when it comes to what we want God to give us. And we just want him to give it without us preparing to receive it. And God does not desire to give you something that you're not prepared to receive. So how do we prepare? How do we prepare for something to be filled? <laughs> how do you prepare for something to be filled. If this cup, this is empty, so no worries. But if this cup has tea or Coke or Pepsi or Mountain Dew or whatever you, whatever your preference is, and you want to fill it with something else, what do you do? You empty it. You get rid of what's in it so that you can now get what you need. And so many times, so many times we we got we got a quarter Dr Pepper, and a quarter orange juice, and a quarter tea, and now we want God to put some water on top and let it overflow. And when it starts overflowing, it looks like mud because we didn't empty out what we needed to get rid of, so that God could give us what we needed. How do you prepare? You've got to empty. We're going to come back to this in just a moment, so don't worry. You've got to prepare. You've got to empty it. Here's the second thing. Position. Second P, position. Prepare, position. Before you can receive something, you have to position yourself to receive it. Think about any sport that you play. If you're an athlete, if you're not an athlete, you can still probably relate to this in some way. Any sport that you play, if you're playing football and the play calls for the quarterback to throw it to a spot, you can't receive the pass if you're not in position. So even though he throws the ball, if you're not there, you can't receive it. You're not in the right position. Basketball. I played a lot of sports growing up. Basketball, when I got into high school, it was too much to play multiple because there was so much time that went into it and everything. And so my, the main one I stuck with was basketball. Now, if, if, if I'm trying to receive a pass from somebody... And they throw the ball, I'm running down the court, and they throw the ball, and I just stop, and I'm not in position to receive it. I, can't, I cannot receive what I'm not in position to receive. Are you with me? Just this last year, and, and <laughs> there's a couple of people here that will remember this, but just this last year, our kids, all three of them played soccer. Awesome time. They all three played soccer. And our daughter, she's eight, and she was playing soccer. And I remember I was helping, you know, when I had the chance, 
I was helping to coach a little bit, you know, kind of an assistant coach type thing, somewhat. And I remember one of the practices that I was at, and the whole goal of the practice was trying to get them to, to think, when you're kicking the ball down the field, and somebody's on this side, you need to be on that side, so that, and you need to be running so that they can kick it and anticipate where you're going to be so that you can kick it into the goal. Difficult concept to get. <laughs> but the whole, the whole object of it was, was that you need to be where you're supposed to be so that when this person does their job, you're there to do your job. Can I tell you today, and you know this, that God is not letting down on his job. God is not sitting in heaven thinking, well, I don't remember how to, was like, what was the potion? I don't remember how to bless people. Like, I don't know, you know, well, they're saying I have all the money and all the resource, but I forgot how to give it. I don't know. God is not, God is not struggling to do his job. But we got to be in position to receive what he wants to give us. It's all about position. Now, we're going to use the cup all day long today. So you're going to remember this red solo cup. I think that's a song. But here, <laughs> so here, we got to get prepared. And how we prepare is we empty what's in the cup already so that we can get what God wants to give us. But how many of you know that you've got to position the cup <laughs> under the faucet before the water will actually go in the cup. You see, the faucet can be on all day long. God could be pouring out stuff all day long. God could be speaking all day long. God could be doing things all day long in your life. But if, if you don't position yourself under the faucet, you won't get what he's pouring out. If you don't empty it and put it where it's in position to receive what God wants to give it, you're not going to get it. It's not that God's not pouring it out. The faucet's on. But you just got to get your cup under the water so that it can be filled up and overflow. It's the same in our lives as well, that God can be speaking and pouring out blessing all day long. But if we're not prepared and in position, we cannot receive it. And here's the third P, posture. Posture. Before you can receive something, you have to have the right posture. You ever seen someone who had really good posture? Doesn't it drive you crazy? Unless you're that person that has really good posture. I'm looking around the room right now, seeing who's sitting up straight. <laughs> you just see somebody, I remember people in school, you know, be look over there and they're sitting up, you know, just, you know, it's like they're 10 feet tall, sitting up at their desk or in a chair. Most of us have terrible posture, myself included. When I sit down, it's like, you know, you're all hunched over, you're sitting on the couch, and you recline, and it's like, you, we wonder why our backs hurt, but that's, that's another thing. <laughs> but you ever see somebody that had really good posture, or somebody that did not have really, you know, like most of us don't have really good posture? Or have you ever met someone who was always, who was always the victim, and always negative about everything that was going on in their life? You ever met somebody? Nobody's looking around the room right now, thank God. <laughs> you ever known somebody that it was like they were always the victim? It didn't matter what happened. And at some point you start to think, you know, there's a common denominator in all your problems. And that's that you are there. <laughs> so you're a part of all your problems. <laughs> but they're always the victim. They've always got a reason why somebody else's fault and why if they hadn't done this, I wouldn't be here. And it's always negative. You know, you hear, the, you, you hear somebody talking about, well, that's just my luck. Story of my life. You got, you, your car won't start. I figured. <laughs> always happens to me. <laughs> we laugh. We laugh, but isn't, isn't that playing the victim? Isn't that being negative about everything that happens in your life? That everything, everything that happens that you don't like, 
oh, we're good with the stuff we like. But everything that happens in your life that you don't like, you're the victim. Well, this can't be from God. Because if this was from God, then this would be happening to me. Well, sometimes God allows you to go through things because you got a big head and you need to, you know. <laughs> sometimes God's trying to teach you something. So he allows things to happen. But come on, we've all, we've all been there. The victim card, negative about everything. And that's not the correct posture to receive an overflowing blessing from God. If I want to receive from God, I'm expecting him to move. Come on, how many of you came to church today expecting? You were expecting what was going to come. We've been talking about it for a month. You knew it was Vision Weekend, and you're expecting. But why? So let me ask you this. Today you were expecting. Will you be expecting next Sunday? Now that you know what the word is and you know what the series is and you know where we're going with this, will you be in such anticipation for what God's going to speak to you and God's going to do in your life and an opportunity to worship him as you were this weekend? Because as humans, we have a tendency to, we get hyped up about something like, woo, first year, first Sunday of the year, I'm going to church, we're getting back in church, I'm pumped up, it's fishing weekend, woo, yeah, you know, it's like we're about to go on the, on the field to play a game. And then January 14th rolls around, and we're like, well, we got to go to church, I guess. You know, we made that, made that New Year's resolution that we were going to get back in church. And <laughs> Will you be just as excited on July the whatever as you are on January the 7th? Are you going to have the same posture that you came in here with today on February 11th? That you had on January the 7th? <laughs> See, you came in today expecting, I would be willing to bet that almost everybody came in here expecting something from God. We're going to hear something good. I'm excited. Where are we going this year? Woo, worship was awesome. And it was. But what about next week? What about when you go to work? What about when you're at home with your family? <laughs> are, you are you expecting something good see if i'm if i'm wanting to receive a blessing from god i'm expecting him to move i'm expecting his provision i'm expecting him to do what he said he would do i'm looking for opportunities to bless others and i'm celebrating when others receive from him come on i said i'm celebrating when somebody else gets a blessing from god not talking about them behind their back because God's not giving me what I want, but he seems to be giving them everything that they want. I'm celebrating. When I'm expecting, when I'm wanting to receive something from God, I've got the posture. I'm going to celebrate when you get something from God. I'm going to celebrate. We're, <laughs> we're going to celebrate when other churches are being successful in the community. We're going to celebrate what other people are doing. We're going to celebrate, man, when somebody gives a testimony, something they've been praying for and it happened. We're going to celebrate with them what they got, expecting that God's going to give us what we need. And he's going to give us what we want and what we desire and what we need to overflow onto other people around us. Think back to this cup one more time. So we've emptied the cup to prepare. We've positioned it under the faucet. But how many of you know that if the cup is sitting under the faucet like this or like this or like this or however you want to put it under there, this cup cannot receive what's coming out of the faucet unless it is upright, has the right posture to receive what's about to come out of the faucet. You can empty it, you can position it, still can't fill it if it's sitting like this. You gotta do all three. You gotta prepare, you gotta get in position, and you gotta have the right posture to receive what I believe God wants to give every single person here, that God wants to pour out in our church, God wants to pour out on you when you're at work, when you're at home, when you come into this building, whatever you're doing, 
so that you can overflow. Overflow. So how are we going to prepare, position, get in position, and make sure we have the right posture to receive the overflow that God is wanting to pour out on every person here in our church? The first way that we're going to do this and that we're going to empty ourselves, we're going to get in position, we're going to get the right posture, is through what we are calling, and you've known about this for about a month now, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I want to talk about this for just a moment, and then we're going to end today. I won't keep you too long, I promise. But 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because, see, this is, what, this is what fasting is. Fasting is emptying ourselves of all the junk so that we can receive what God wants to give us. It's positioning ourselves for what God wants to do. It's gaining the right posture to be able to receive the overflow from God. Now, in your seat, when you sat down, maybe you sat on it, maybe you picked it up. I don't know what you did, but you should have a card. Then on the front side, it says 21 days of prayer and fasting. It has the dates that we're, we're doing it. It begins tomorrow morning through Sunday, January the 28th. That'll be the 21st day. We'll come to church. We'll celebrate, and we'll end the fast together on that day. But on the back side of this, there are some focus areas that we want to, to, to be in unity on. Now, let me say this. There are going to be other things that for me and my family that we're going to fast other things also. And it's not going to be just this. Now, I'm not telling you you have to do that. You do what God tells you to do. But here's something that I want you to do on top of what God tells you to do is to take part in focusing our attention in unity on a certain thing each week. And so week one, which is tomorrow through next Sunday, we're going to be fasting sugar and caffeine. Now, some of you are like, dear Lord Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> sugar and caffeine we showed this some of you may have seen the picture on on uh, instagram or on facebook where we got these in and our kids were holding them and they wanted one you know they were excited about like we want to do that and ryland <laughs> he looked at week one and he said are we doing this now <laughs> it's like no it starts on monday he's like oh i can't have i can't have any candy or you know so but how many of you know that anything worth anything worth really getting you're gonna have to give up you're going to have to make, it's going to have to be a sacrifice. This is not about, this is not about going on a diet. This is about focusing our attention on him for the first part of the year. And so we're doing that week one, so we invite you to do that with us. Week two is going to be food fast. This could be, some of you are, some of you are, are you know, going to go all out this week, and it's going to be water only. I'm not eating anything, and every time I think about eating, I'm going to pray. Every time I think about eating, I'm going to open the Word of God. Every time I think about eating, I'm going to focus my attention on Him so that He can do what He needs to do in me and then through me. This could be a full fast where it's just water only for that week. It could be the Daniel fast, if you're familiar with that, where it's just fruits and vegetables, anything that grows on a tree or on a plant, uh, no meats, anything like that. It could be a partial fast. Some people do from sun up to sundown. So when the sun comes up until the sun sets, we don't eat anything, just water only. And we, you know, we focus our attention on God. We're giving up. We're emptying ourselves. We're emptying ourselves. Come on, how many of you know over the last 11 months, we did this last January, but over the last 11 months, you put a bunch of junk in yourself. And this isn't about you losing weight or looking better or changing your appearance or getting a new wardrobe or anything like that. This is about focusing our attention on him. And then week three, come on, somebody. Technology fast. <laughs> Now, some of you aren't going to realize how much you use technology until you try to fast it. Now, I understand that some of us have to use technology for work purposes. I'm talking about excess, like, TV, social media, things that are not necessary that you don't need in your life for seven days. And I'm believing, I'm telling you, I'm believing if we will, if we will focus our attention... And if you don't have one of these, you can get one over here to Impact Central on your way out. You can, if you want one for your car and one for your house, you can grab another one. We have plenty. You know, you need one everywhere that you go so that it reminds you what we're doing on the, on the refrigerator, in the car, at work, whatever you need, you do that. But I believe that if we will, if, if we will do this, I'm inviting you to take part in something that I believe will change your life. 
I believe that it will change your perspective on things. It will change some situations. More than, most importantly, it's going to change you. Because some of us, we go into a fast. If you fasted before, it was like, I'm fasting because this is what I need. I'm fasting because this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I need. So I'm fasting so that I can hear God, so that God will do what I want him to do. But I don't think it's necessarily about us getting God to do what we want him to do as much as it is tuning our ear to him so that we can hear what he wants us to do. And I believe more than anything, this is going to change us more than any situation or anything else around us. It's going to change us. And I want to... I want to give you five thoughts as we begin the fast, and I want to go ahead and invite the worship team to come up. Five thoughts really quick. During these 21 days of prayer and fasting, make time for God. Fasting without making time for God is going on a diet. You're just going to be hungry. You're going to be wanting that coffee. You're going to be wanting the candy. You're going to be wanting the sugar. You're going to be wanting the dessert. You're going to be wanting the food. You're going to be, it's just we have to, number one, make time for God. You have to set aside time. You know what? Every time I even think about it, whatever we're fasting that week, whatever, if I start to think about that, I'm going to make time right then to focus my attention on God. If it's five seconds, ten seconds, five minutes, thirty minutes, whatever it is, whatever you have time for, you just make time for God. That God, this is about you. This is about me getting my focus back on you. Here's the second thing. Allow God to search your heart. Allow God to search you. David, in one of the Psalms, he prayed, search my heart, O God. Now, that's a scary prayer. But I'm encouraging you to allow God to search you. God, who do I need to forgive? I've been holding on to unforgiveness for 10 months, 10 years, whatever it is. Who do I need to forgive? God, search my heart and get rid of those things that I need to get rid of. What's holding you back? Where do you need freedom? Allow God to search your heart. Number three, believe for big results. It's okay to believe for big results. God wants to do big things. God wants to do, through his power that's working in you, more than you could ask, think, or imagine. That's a big result. So we need to believe for big results. Number four, don't get fleshly. Don't get fleshly, because here's what's going to happen. You start denying your body of what your body wants, you're going to get grumpy. We're just being practical. So I'm encouraging you to stop and think, you know what, I don't need to get fleshly. <laughs> I want my coffee so bad, but my kids don't deserve me to take it out on them. <laughs> I want to eat something so bad, and it's Friday, and everybody's going out to eat but me. And you start getting aggravated, you start getting grumpy, posting stuff on social media. <laughs> just don't get... All I'm saying is let's, let's, let's not get fleshly. This isn't about everybody knowing what we're doing or people being like, well, why are you so mean all the time? Like for the last 20 days, you've been hateful. Well, it's because I'm fasting. <laughs> well, I don't ever want to do that, <laughs> right? Let's focus on not being fleshly. <laughs> don't be grumpy. And number five, I believe in that God's going to put somebody in your path that their life's going to be changed because of what you're doing. So I want you to open your eyes for the next 21 days. Say, God, you show me who this person is or who these people are. And I believe that they could be sitting next to you in church. You could be leading them to Christ at work. You could, I mean, I'm believing that God's going to do big things through these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Will you stand to your feet today? We're going to sing another song here in just a moment and go out worshiping this song, this new song that we that we did here at the beginning of the worship experience called Overflow. Overflow, that God, we're emptying ourselves. Lord, my cup is empty, so fill me with what you want to fill me with so that I can overflow onto everybody and everything else that's around me. And as we end today, before we sing this song, I believe that this is what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. This is what he, and I want you to find yourself in one of these because I believe this is, this is exactly what we're supposed to end with before we sing this song. And he said this, for those who are tired He's not done with you. If you're tired, he's not finished with you. For those who feel empty, he's going to fill you. For those who have been weary, he will renew your strength. For those who have lost sight, 
he's going to give you fresh vision. For those who have been faithful, he's going to be faithful. Come on, you've been faithful. You've been asking the question, God, I'm being faithful. Why am I not seeing what I need to see? Why have you not done this? I believe that if, if you remain faithful, God will always be faithful. For those who will give him your best, he's going to outgive you. You give, him, you give him your best of everything, he'll give you more. He's going to outgive you. For those who have been waiting, he's in the waiting. If you're waiting on something, you're waiting for a healing, you're waiting on provision, you're waiting for whatever you need God to do, he's right there in the waiting with you. And in 2018, we are living in the overflow of God's blessing. And here's what I believe. Your love for Jesus will overflow onto those around you. You'll have so much that you can give it away. Jesus, come on, let's just do this right here. Just lift your hands all over this, all over this building. If you're comfortable with this, and we're going to make the decision today to be a person that overflows in our life. Jesus, I make the decision today that if you give it to me, I will overflow onto others. Come on, I want you to say it out loud. Jesus, I make the decision today that if you give it to me, I will overflow onto others. Come on, let's give him, let's give him praise. We're going to sing this song as we go out today. Come on, we're making the decision. This isn't about how you feel. It's not about how you feel. It's not about how you feel 10 days in because you're not going to feel like it. I'm just going to tell you right now. You get five, three, by the end of this week, next Sunday, you may come in here like, oh, God. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> I need some coffee. <laughs> I need some sugar, whatever. But I'm telling you, it'll be worth it. If you'll be faithful, he'll be faithful. And he desires to give you more than enough so that you can give it to other people. Come on, if you receive it, say amen. Come on, let's sing this song. Let's worship.